Hey there, thoughtful listener. What is your number one lead generation blocker? Head to upmyinfluence.com slash quiz to find out right now. That's upmyinfluence.com slash quiz, and I'll share why you aren't getting the intros and sales you deserve. We're also actively seeking guests for this daily commercial-free entrepreneur wisdom podcast. Agency owners, consultants, coaches, and B2B service providers, head to upmyinfluence.com slash guest, and I'd love to promote your expertise to our amazing audience. Let's get on with the show. Well, with us right now, it's Doug Knoll. Doug Knoll, you are uh, you're you're a professional listener. No, you're a you're a a former attorney uh, turned peacemaker. Uh, you're an executive uh, consultant coach. Um, you work with leadership teams, and I am so excited to have this conversation because I don't think that I've had you know in over fourteen hundred uh, guests. I don't think I've anyone I've had anybody who really focused on listening. And this is exciting. Thank you so much for joining us. Well, thanks for having me, Josh. It's great to be here. Your website is dougknoll.com. That's N-O-L-L.com to our friend that's listening to our conversation right now. You just kind of click around, click on the information button, click on the cover art. You'll find it. We'll have a direct link to Doug's website so you can see a little bit more about what we're talking about. Uh, But Doug, in, in your words, I'd love to hear about the impact that you have in the world today. Well, Josh, I left the practice of law after 22 years as a trial lawyer, went back to school, earned my master's degree in peacemaking and conflict studies, and then walked away from $10 million with a week's notice and left the practice of law cold. I'm still a lawyer, but I don't practice anymore. And I decided that my calling was to help people solve deep, difficult, intractable conflicts. Along the way, I developed a set of skills, listening skills that allows anybody to stop any fighter argument in 90 seconds or less. You can, you can take the angriest person you can imagine and you can literally calm them down in 90 seconds with these skills. And it's all supported by neuroscience, brain scanning studies that show exactly what happens in the brain. So I, I discovered this skill in 2005 and I've been teaching it ever since. Um, I am the co-founder of the Prison of Peace Project with my colleague, Laurel Coffer. And We've, for the last 13 years, we've been going into maximum security prisons, turning lifers and long-termers how to be powerful peacemakers and mediators to stop prison violence. And the foundational skill we teach them is this skill of listening, what we call affect labeling. And so I've tra- trained over 20,000 inmates how to do this. Here in California, 6,000 of our students have gone through the program and have been released on parole. Not one of them has reoffended. That's the power of this stuff. Um, I've worked also in the, I've gone to the Congressional Budget Office in Washington, D.C. and trained senior analysts how to de-escalate members of Congress and staff. So I, I work at some real extremes in terms of my work. And it's, it's really, in my view, the foundational skill of life. And unfortunately, nobody teaches it. And so my mission is to spread the word about this and get people interested in learning how to do this because it changes everything. Yeah. Um, well, so I, I think about, you know, this just this concept of listening. And can you talk about this maybe from a, 
you know, from a background and her upgrade, you know, kind of an upbringing or evolutionary, like where we are today. Um, because again, you know, it's like listening is just one of those virtues. I think we all think highly of it, but I don't know that many of us practice it very well. And listen, I'll be the first to admit, um, sometimes my listening skills are, are pretty bad. And, and, and if I'm being very honest, I would say that it's, it's largely, you know, if, if I, let's say that I've had a conversation, I've had this same conversation a hundred times just in my role as a consultant. Um, I find myself like, Oh, here we go again. Yeah. I hear this question all the time. And it's, it's, it's not fair. I think to the other person for me to be, I admittedly, perhaps a little abrupt, maybe, and, and, you know, and, and I'll oftentimes I'm, I'm aware maybe of my enthusiasm, you know, so it's almost like, oh, I'm so excited. Like, I can't wait to share, <laughs> you know, I think, you know, I, I think I know where you're going with this question. And I find sometimes I, I kind of jump in a, a, a little, uh, my heart, I think is in the right place, but in practice, I'm probably missing out on some, you know, on, on and someone who really deserves to be fully heard. Yeah, you you suffer from a problem that many people suffer from, and that is you go jump into problem solving way too soon. Mm. Um, and people jump into problem solving either because they're trying to soothe their own anxiety because somebody else is really upset, or in your case, probably I've heard this a million times before. I know exactly what to do. Let's cut to the chase, and here is what you got to do. Mm. But 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 to your point, that is a real disservice to the speaker. And what we really need to do is learn how to listen that speaker into existence so they're ready to absorb the information that whatever the teaching moment is or whatever the advice is you want to give they're not ready for that until they have until they have been validated and our job as listeners is to validate their emotional experience it only takes 90 seconds this is not something that's all long drawn out and it's not active listening it's not that old thomas gordon crap that doesn't work it's not marshall rosenberg's crap that doesn't work it's completely different from all of that and I've studied the, all of that work and I've written critiques about it. And believe me, as a guy who gets paid a lot of money to walk into high stakes business conflicts with business partners or family businesses or corporations where you've got shareholders or stakeholders, venture capitalists arguing, the investors arguing with the founder, millions, if not billions of dollars at stake. And they're so mad at each other, if there were knives on the table, they'd be, there'd be blood on the floor. My job is to go in and get those people calmed down and solve the problem. And I, and I have this, there's a skill that allows us to do that. And I can teach it to anybody. Um, it's not that it's counterintuitive. It's counter-normative. It's weird, but it works because it's based on brain science. And that's, yeah. that's the secret of all of this. And once you learn how to listen, you'll never go back because you know, you, it doesn't matter where you are or what the situation is. You know what to say, how to say it, when to say it no matter how intense the situation is, and you're always right. You never make a mistake at this. And you instantly calm people down or you validate them in a deep way so they know you really get them. My wife is a family therapist. And I mean, this is just probably one of the first, when, when she's working with a couple and she, she can tell there's escalation, I'd say... It, it's likely, I think in her words, maybe about 80, 90% of the time, 
Um, no, but they're not listening to one another. It's, you know, and, and, and again, I think we all suffer from that of like, okay, you, 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 no, 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 me, no, me, not me, you know, and we all want to be heard, but the problem is, you know, without the, um, you know, I, when, when I'm communicating, I often don't care that I don't, I don't care that the other person agrees with me. I just want to feel, okay. I hear what you're saying and what you're saying, blah, blah, blah. So, you know, my wife um, and I went to school for, um, you know, for the, for family therapy as well, although I'm not a practicing therapist in real life, uh, but, you know, just, and, and here's, here's, here's the language that I heard and I'd love, you know, kind of maybe what might be some different or similar language, but, you know, allowing someone to fully speak, don't interrupt, just allow them all of their words. You don't have to agree. <laughs> But at the end of it, uh, you know, I think, you know, very commonly, you know, kind of the old thing is like, so what you're saying is, and then try to repeat it as accurately. Yeah, you can go ahead and correct me here in just a second. So what you're saying is reflect back, uh, reflective listening, right? So, and then repeat back um, what they said. uh, And then, um, you know, and, and then then allow them to either say, no, I'm not quite sure. No, that's not quite it. And then, and then they get another chance. They get another crack at it. And uh, so we just, we want them to know, well, anyway, you're kind of shaking your head back and forth. And so I'll let you, I'll let you tell me what you have found. I'm laughing because that's so old school. And it doesn't, it does does not work. And I can't believe that people that teach therapists don't understand that that technique does not work. Yeah. And, and forgive me, I'm not representing my wife. I I'm understand. probably not, extrapolating please. a little bit from when I went to school back in 97. That's what I learned That's in my marriage and still, first marriage still, family therapy. Still taught today. My niece just got her PhD in psychology and it was, was she was taught and I shook my okay. head. I said, what are they teaching you? Here's, here's what you do. When you're really truly listening to validate, the first thing you're going to do is ignore their words. You're absolutely going to ignore everything they're saying. You cannot, you cannot put any attention on their words whatsoever. The second thing you're going to do is you're going to read their emotions. And the third thing you're going to do is reflect back their emotions with the you statement. Josh, you're really excited when you see a new client and you've got all these ideas bubbling up because you've seen this problem before you know exactly how to solve it. And you know that if you can just jump in there and tell them what to say, that it's going to make you really excited. and They're going to love you to death. But then you get disappointed because the client is a little upset that you've not listened to them and that frustrates you and you feel unappreciated and disrespected and you're anxious and worried and a little sad and embarrassed. And you wonder what's going on because you're confused. And sometimes you even feel a little bit abandoned by your client because you're let down. Notice the difference? That's fascinating. So it's like you're leaning forward in curiosity and just reading emotion. Only emotions. It's all about listening to emotions. Everything that people learn or taught about reflective listening focuses on the words, but the the words only contain 7% of a human communication. 93% of what we communicate is emotional. And that's the most important part of the communication, at least for the first 90 to 120 seconds. And once you validated somebody, you validated their emotions, they feel deeply heard, they feel validated. I call it listening another person into existence. Then you can start getting into the meat of stuff. Yeah. But you can't even get there until, until you have validated them at an emotional level. I teach this to sales teams. 
I teach it to leadership people who want to connect with their teams. I go in and help people who have got dysfunctional teams. They got dysfunctional teams because they don't know what to listen for. So you listen to the emotions. You listen to the individual emotions and you listen to the, to the gestalt, the team emotions. And you reflect back those emotions until people start nodding their heads. And when they're nodding their heads, they're telling you, yep, you get it. That's exactly right. Now you've made the connection. Now you can start to, to do something with that. But we're not, taught I, how to do, we're not taught how to do this. In fact, we're taught to do just the opposite. Yeah, I, I like this. Why that is. You know, and it's really interesting because even when I was talking about how I want to be validated, I don't care if you agree with me or not. Of course I not. Just, yeah, right. I just, I just want you, like, I feel valid, you know, if my feelings are hurt, I just want you to know that my feelings are hurt, you know, and I feel badly about that, you know, cool. We have a difference of opinion. I'm not, I don't care about that. What I want you to know is like, you know, when this happened, this is how I felt. Oh, when this, oh, so uh, I will say my wife is very masterful at, uh, she is very, very good at at recognizing and addressing emotion where sometimes I think I need to shift from the, you know, and it's not right and wrong, but sometimes I want to convey my logic. (laughs) Right. Okay. So let me, even though I don't need her to agree, I I just want her to, I want her to empathize with, I'm not a stupid person, right? I mean, here's what. (laughs) We're looking for validation, but he, yeah. to your point, why is it that we don't listen to emotion? It's because we've been lied to for 4,000 years. Oof. We've been told that what makes human beings human, what are essentially in nature is reasoning and rationality. It goes all the way back past the Greeks. Wrong. Totally wrong. It's a lie. Neuroscientists today, unequivocal, we're 98% emotional and only 2% rational. Even economists today say, Humans are only emotional within a very bounded and guardrails. And once you get outside those guardrails, which is very narrow, it's all emotional. Every decision we make is emotional. In fact, all of our decisions are made 750 milliseconds before we're even aware that we made the decision. You can't even be rational until you're emotional first. Because think about it. How would you know to apply critical thinking or analytical reasoning or logic to a problem unless you knew that you had a problem in the first place? And the only way you're gonna know that you have a problem is because you're having an emotional reaction to something in your environment that's telling you, I gotta think this one through. That's an emotional reaction. We are totally emotional beings. And yet we're told that emotions are bad, they're evil, they're irrational, they're wrong. Stuff your emotions, suck it up. We're taught this as children. Worst thing you can do to a child is tell a child not to feel. It's called emotional invalidation. All the studies show that you destroy a child's brains when you do that. And yet every parent does it because they don't know any better. And if you want to know why we have so much, so much crime and so many, so many problems, it's because, you know, those people were bred, not born. And they were bred because they were invalidated by whatever parenting they had, if any at all. I mean, I've worked in Max, I've worked in the darkest places on the planet, worked with some of the roughest, most dangerous, violent criminals you can imagine, teaching them how to be peacemakers. And they all tell the same story about how, what their upbringing was. And it's all about foundationally learning how to listen to and validate people's emotions. It's the master's skill of life. It's unbelievable how powerful it is. Doug, uh, I would imagine that you've probably um, looked at the data in terms of what this is costing uh, leaders and organizations and companies uh, because 
there is a toxic environment of me monsters <laughs> you know, running around. <laughs> Amazon is losing $8 billion a year on employee turnover. Most employees from the people working in the warehouse all the way up to vice president typically last 90 days and they're gone. Why is it? And then I looked at their training regimen, which is absurdly poor. I mean, it's, it, I mean, for a company the size of Amazon with a genius like Jeff Bezos as the founder, it's the worst training program I've ever seen. And they spend on order of 200 plus million dollars a year in their training. And, they don't, they, and, and, and the training is ridiculous. It, it's absurd how bad it is. So yes, it's not knowing how to listen costs companies billions, trillions of dollars every year. And the skill is so easy to learn. I can teach anybody how to do this in four to six weeks. It's, it's, and it completely changes your life. It's so easy. And yet people are just not interested or they're afraid because a lot of people are afraid of emotions because they've been told that emotions are bad and evil and irrational. But once you've mastered the skill, your life changes forever. It's amazing. Uh, Doug, your website, dougknoll.com. Uh, do you have like someone who's like, okay, I, man, I love this stuff and, and I want more. <laughs> right. Where do they go for more? Like, how go can to the they website, this- go to the website um, and menu bar at the top kind of can take you around and the, they're all watch for the links. There are links throughout the whole, the, the, I designed the page. So it's pretty easy to get through everything. Um, I've got lots of training, online training, coaching, workshops, all kinds, I mean, all the usual stuff to develop this stuff. I've written four books, last book, Deescalate, How to Calm an Angry Person in 90 Seconds or Less, Simon wow. and Schuster, 2017 bestseller. I mean, it's the stuff's out there. And I've got a, a YouTube, a couple of YouTube channels. You got to Google me and you'll find out more about me than you oh, want to yeah. know. And people can email me. I'm a solo practitioner. I have no staff. I, everything I do is on my own. So people can email me at Doug at DougNoll.com. I respond to all my own emails directly and um you know for those who are willing and want to want to learn this stuff it it is not hard to learn you don't need to go into counseling you don't need to go into therapy you don't need to go into a mountain for 50 years to figure out how to become emotionally self-aware you can actually re completely reprogram yourself and like i said four to six weeks and that's only doing practice three 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 or four times a week if you practice it every day it's going to happen a lot faster You've got some great book titles here. I'm, I'm looking through your four yeah. books here. Uh, yeah. The newest one, Deescalate, How to Calm an Angry Person in 90 Seconds or Less. Uh, you know, I'm really interested. So I think it may be your first book here, Sex, Politics, and Religion at the Office, The New Competitive Advantage, and, and really looking at those things as uh, diversity. That's uh, right. You know, really kind of like thinking about, no, I, I absolutely do not agree with this person politically. However, <laughs> there right. is likely value to having diversity of thought because right. I'm otherwise, I'm just kind of paraphrasing and summarizing, you know, by kind of how I'm processing this now, um, there's going to be some value uh, to that person bringing, you know, that type of thought into our organization. Fascinating. And what's even, well, that was my second book that oh, I uh-huh. wrote with John Bogart. And, and what we, we wrote about diversity long before anybody was talking about diversity. And what we discovered was that when, if you're going to have a creative workforce, you're going to have a creative team, the, the more diverse ideas and personalities and beliefs and values you can bring to that table, the more creative 
you're going to be and the more problems you can solve. The trick is in leadership. You've got to be a leader that knows how to manage that diversity. And most leaders don't have a clue. All they want, they want clones of themselves because it's more comfortable to have a clone of myself on my team than it is to have people who look different than I do and talk different than I do and have different values and they're different ages and different weird stuff that it all to me is very weird. As a leader, you have to have the strength, the moral strength and the moral courage to be able to lead the most diverse group you can get around you in order to solve the complex problems of the 21st century. And most leaders won't go there because it's uncomfortable and learning those skills is uncomfortable. So that's what that book is all about. How do you, how, what kind of leader do you have to be to deal with sex politics and religion at the office? I love it. Boy, I, I think about, uh, you know, and as well, not just us as individual leaders, but as well, you know, being able to get this information uh, into our organizations. And, you know, you think about the, the, the painful conflict that can be resolved, uh, you know, the reduction in turnover, the, you know, the improvement in, in folks being able to say, do I work in an environment where I'm validated, you know, where I feel validated? Do I feel safe? And, say, do yeah, I feel safe? yes, exactly. So fantastic. Doug, your website again, dougnoll.com. That's N-O-L-L.com. Wonderful interview. Thank you so much for bringing this message to the world. Oh, you're welcome, Josh. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. If you're a listener, I'd love to shout out your business to our whole audience for free. You can do that by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or join our listener Facebook group. Just search for The Thoughtful Entrepreneur in Facebook. I'd love even if you just stopped by to say hi. I'd love to meet you. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. We love our community who listens and shares our program every day. Together, we are empowering one another as thoughtful entrepreneurs. Hit subscribe so that tomorrow morning, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. I promise to bring positivity and inspiration to you for around 15 minutes each day. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.